Welcome to Random Rambling and Rhetoric with TJ Mercer. That's my TT. And it's all powered by the Samsung Notes. Now, here's my TT. I just loves me some porta potties, said no one ever. I don't know about you, but the ickiest thing on the planet is when I am forced to use a porta potty. I try to hold my bladder until the last possible minute. And what about nasty public restrooms? Ew, public restrooms plus kids. Parents, what do you do as soon as you take them to a public bathroom? You make them hold up their hands and forbid them to touch anything. Then you get in the stall, there's no toilet paper or seat cover, you handle your business, come out, and then there's no soap or paper towels. Lord, how much of Jesus is just not a good situation all around. Fortunately, though, fortunately, there's the restroom kit, a full bathroom solution the size of a lightweight deck of cards. A deck of cards, y'all. I keep one in my purse all the time just because it's complete with a full patented oversized toilet seat cover, enough toilet paper to cover the essentials, plus wet wipes for your tushy and your hands. The restroom kit is a don't leave home without a necessity for your road trips, you going camping, the beach, festivals, basically any restroom that ain't yours. Even that friend of yours who's cleaning is not their strong suit. You know what I mean. So pop on over and visit therestroomkit.com. That's therestroomkit.com. And when you use the code RAMBLINGS, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-S, you will get 15% off your purchase. So stop going to the bathroom without the full protection you need. Go get the restroom kit at therestroomkit.com. We should be live on Facebook. Are we live? Are we live? Are we live on Facebook? Are we live on Facebook and Periscope and YouTube? Are we live? Somebody tell me. Melissa, can you hear and see me? Melissa, can you hear and see me? Melissa, I want to make sure we're all set before I, yes. Okay, so let me get Instagram set up because I always wait to go the last minute for Instagram because, you know, we cut off from IG at an hour. So we're live on Instagram. Instagram. Woo! Hey, Dr. Karishana. Hey, Dr. Karishana. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Yvette. Hey, Erica. Hey, everybody. Hey, Nages. So I am TJ Mercer for those of you who are going to hit that share button or have already hit it. And these people don't really know who I am. I am TJ Mercer. I am known as the walking exclamation point. Uh, on most days. I also am a bingo boss because, well, I do epic bingo games when I'm active in them. And then I am the chief noisemaker of Media Mavericks Academy, which means I teach authors, experts, coaches, and entrepreneurs how to book themselves in the media without a publicist and without being a celebrity. But, but, 
for this season, I worked in Hollywood for 25 years. So I am a storyteller. So for this season, God has taken me back to my Bible storyteller roots. Hey, everybody on IG. Uh, he's taking me back to my IG. Uh, Krishna, hit that link in the chat for me uh, that I sent you earlier. He's taking me back to my roots and have reactivated my Bible storyteller muscles. And so I am committed to showing up here every night for the month of August at 8.15 p.m. Eastern because anybody know why we doing that? Why we doing it for the new people? Why we are doing that is because our anchor scripture gives us the why. So I'm going to tell you the anchor scripture for this month of August is Exodus 19 and three. Then Moses went up to God and the Lord called him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob and what you are to tell the people of Israel. The day that God gave me that verse. This is what you are to say. He told me as bold and bodacious as it is that you are be, to be the Moses for my people that I assigned to you in this season and you are to go get them. Go get them out of the bondages, the depressions, the, the life that they're living and let them hook your, their train to your caboose and get my kids up out of that joint because I have plans for them. And I didn't really want to say all of that to them, but God was like, tell them, because that shows them how much I love them. So that is what we're doing this season. And when we come out of Egypt, what we have uh, learned together in the last six days, today is the seventh, what we've learned together is God is raising up his army of Peter's of leaders that he is positioning around the world. And so if this is your first night with us, make sure you go and listen to the evolution. Because when I started doing this, God didn't tell me anything past day one. And he doesn't tell me anything past the day that I'm on. And it almost gets to the point where I forget what we really did yesterday because God is telling me, he showed me, I have to trust him daily for the manna to deliver. So when I deliver to y'all, I'm just as surprised sometimes <laughs> as you guys. And he wanted me to trust that he was going to show it to me in a way that it would eventually connect. And so what we have discovered, if you want to come on live on Periscope, uh, for my Periscope, my YouTube and my Facebook people, if you want to come on live with me and tell me what your takeaways are, Krishna dropped in the link um, in Facebook and I dropped it everywhere else. Um, and so here, here's what was tripping me out today. Today, I'll be honest with you, I was a bit weary. My body was tired. My mind was tired when I got up and I went into my closet. And when I say in the closet these days means something totally different to me. Now. It has a whole different meaning because I literally I study in my closet. In my little bitty closet where I can't even lay down straight. It's a little walk in closet, but I got stuff everywhere. But I lay down and I study in the dark. Don't ask me why. I think it's because in the dark, it actually focuses me. And so I actually have to have a, my little flashlight uh, for when I want to write my notes. I have a little flashlight. I have my pillows. 
I got my blanket because it I get cold. Um, and today I was weary. And I usually would go in like at eight. I usually go in about eight, eight thirty. And for the past six days, uh, I have been staying in there, you know, four hours. Tuesday, I was in there for eight hours. Well, no, I wasn't in there the whole time because my phone died because I studied with with my Bibles on my phone. Um, and so this morning, I was amazed that I felt like God dropped everything that we were going to talk about by um, by like 10, 1030 this morning or something like that. And I was like, are we really done? And as I'm processing it, I'm literally falling asleep. And I'm like, God, have you told me everything? Because usually you have me in here, like just going in. And I'm like, have you told me everything? And I heard him just say, rest, rest. And it dawned to me today is the seventh day. So he made it. I didn't have to not struggle with it. That's because I haven't been struck. Well, sometimes I have been struggling with trying to make sure I was clear. And so today is our seventh day. After today, we would have done a whole week together. And so if you are here and you've been here all seven days, I really want to know. And for those of you who have committed that, you know, for this season, this is where you are to be. I want to thank you. I want to thank you that you trust me enough. Hi, my shy. Uh, hola, hi, hola. Uh, I want to trust that. I want. To, I want to express my gratitude that you trust that this is the where you want to be with me for these thirty days. So uh, I got yumminess coming up because even though it was quick, it was like, no, I'm just gonna give it to y'all at once, and I'm just gonna give it to you. You ain't gonna have to struggle with it. Um, I'm looking at my notes to make sure. Oh, if you are um, if you are a person that takes like copious notes and you don't mind sharing those with me, because literally I can't really understand my notes once I'm done with it. And I don't even really understand even my notes is kind of like highlights. And this morning. I really got the sense that God is doing something with this. There's no way he's going to let me go through all of this and he doesn't do something past this content. Uh, Lysandra says, been here and will be here the rest of the days. Uh, Audrey says, I've been here all seven days and will be here until the 34th, the 31st. Yvette says, here. Um, but if you know you are that person that takes copious notes and you've been writing down the scriptures and everything, can you share your notes with me? But I need you to type them out though. Don't send me your handwriting. If you were willing to like, I, basically I'm looking for a synopsis of the things that I talk about and the highlights of each night. If you're willing to do that for me, um, will you type in the in the chat for me? So that, because uh, I, I, otherwise I'm gonna have to have my assistant listen through it and make the synopsis. And so I thought I would ask, since y'all are here, uh, Melissa says, I'm here for the long haul. Um, since y'all are here and y'all taking notes, I'm assuming y'all taking notes. If somebody would be willing to like, give me a, a, like a bullet point synopsis of what we uncover every night. Cause some of it, it's, you know, comes out organically that I don't even see in my study. God, you know, drops it into me while we're here. Um, 
And so with that said, with that said, y'all ready to eat? You ready to eat at the buffet that God has prepared for us? You ready to eat? Audrey says she can do that for me. Great, Audrey. That will, I would so appreciate that. So then I don't have to add that to, um, I don't have to add that to um, my assistant's plate. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We ready to get started? Are we ready to get started? Let me make sure my phone is on mute. It was already on mute and I turned it on. All right. First up, our scripture is. Matthew. Eight. 23 through 27. Matthew, where are we? Come on, screen, get ready. Oh, wait. Hold on, y'all. I didn't get my tablet going. Let me make sure. Okay. Matthew 8, verse 23, we're in the New Living Version. Matthew 8, verse 23, and we're in the New Living Version. Then, okay, so what have we learned? That anytime then, I always want to go back to find out what happened. Why are we at then point? So what has happened up to this point before we get to the, the then Jesus got into the boat? What has happened? Well, we've noticed that Jesus has been busy. He been healing folks. Um, he healed the Roman soldier. Uh-oh, wait. Hold on, y'all. That reminds me. I left a printout over that we're going to need. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My bad. I forgot. Usually I don't have to have that, but I printed it out. Okay. So he been healing folks. He been putting out a whole bunch of energy. And then, uh, and they walk everywhere. Okay, let's let's not forget that they walk everywhere. They didn't have a little uh, an Audi or a little Honda or Toyota. They didn't have that. So he walking everywhere. So he's expending extra energy. And then he's told um, one of the teachers that in order to follow me, it's gonna cost you. So then now we're at verse twenty three. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. 24. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck through the struck the lake. Suddenly, your wife walks in and, and decides that she wants a divorce. Suddenly, your kids have decided that they're gonna go off and get married without your permission. Suddenly. Your daughter comes up pregnant. Suddenly, we're thrown into a pandemic. Suddenly, schools are closed. You don't know how long. Hi, Sophia. You don't know how long we're going to be in the middle of this. Funds are running low. Suddenly, 
You got to figure out what you're going to do with your kids and keep a roof over your head. Suddenly, a fear storm. Anybody can relate to that? Those suddenlies? A fear storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Now, I just told y'all all all the stuff that Jesus was doing. So, bro, was tired. Because remember, he's in human form. He was tired. So he was trying to catch him a little nappy nap. The disciples went and woke him up shouting. They didn't even wake up. Like, listen, I can't stand for somebody to wake, wake me up by just yelling my name. They didn't even try to like nudge him. Jesus, 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 Jesus. They didn't do that. They shout, Jesus. Save us. We're going to drown. They freaking out. And here's the crazy part. I imagine Jesus waking up going, wait, what? I know, I can't remember the number right now, but I know three of y'all are fishermen. So y'all have had to be in some storms. What what y'all scared of? Did y'all have put me in the midst? I'm trying to sleep. Do you see what all I've been through? And so I'm just trying to catch my little nappy nap and y'all screaming my name. Like y'all don't realize who on the boat with you. Jesus responded. Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves and suddenly there's that suddenly there's that that peace that transcends understanding that just swoops in that you watching everything melt down in front of you. You ain't phased. You ain't bothered. You napping. When I lived in L.A., there was earthquakes. I slept through them. Because that suddenly, as quick as that storm came in, Jesus was on the boat aware of the situation and suddenly he brought peace. There was a great calm. Verse 27. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They ask. Even the winds and waves obey him. Now, here's what came up for me when I saw that. Like, the disciples were amazed. Why were they amazed? Go back up to 25, Erica. Go back up to 25, Lashenda. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Why are they going to be amazed at the man that they went to be saved? Why are they surprised that Jesus does what Jesus do? When he show up, stuff has to get some get right. And so I looked at this, I was like, no, hold up. Now, if they didn't think he could do anything about it and they were going to try to solve it, mm, didn't see this earlier. If they didn't think he was going to do anything about it. Hey, my Femi, if they didn't think he was going to do anything about it, why they go run into him? So I considered I considered another way. 
Because remember, who's in this crew is Peter. And we've already determined Peter is a personality. So I was wondering is, is this one of them times where it's like watching a Kobe Bryant when he was in action? It's like watching LeBrain, Le, LeBrain, LeBron James when he was in action. When LeBron stepped, I don't really know nothing about be, uh, baseball, football. I mean, <laughs> I messed up both of the sports, basketball. But I know LeBron is a beast. Steph Curry, it's like, when they step on the court, you know, you already know what time it is. So the amazement is still coming from he just upped his game because up until this point, he had performed like 12, 11 miracles. He had turned the water into wine. He had healed the official son at Capernaum. He had driven out an evil spirit from the man in Capernaum. He had healed Peter's, ah, there's our boy. He had healed Peter's mother-in-law. He had healed a lot of sick people and oppressed. He had um, done the miraculous catch of fish. He had cleansed a man with leprosy. He had healed a centurion's paralyzed servant. He had healed a paralytic who was let down from the roof. Y'all remember that? He had healed a man withered hand. He had healed a man a man's withered hand, and then he had raised the widow's son from the dead in name. He had done all of that before we got here. So they know what he's capable of. So I'm wondering, is this really a, an expression of like, yo? Who this do? Like I, last night or a couple of nights ago, I was having a, a, a conversation with a friend and I was prophesying and, she, you know, because she had been um, she had been trying to get me to see my prophetic gift or tap into it. And what I was doing and telling her it was nailing everything that was going on with her. And then she was like, Harpo, who this woman? It's like. I showed up to do what she had known I was capable of. So she's like, yo, who, who this man? They're like, who, who, like, this is who we rolling with? Oh, snap. Yo, <laughs> Melissa, even the winds and the waves obey him. So it wasn't an amazement, like they can't believe it, but it was maybe a declaration of this is my dude. This who I'm going to be running with? So let's go over to 14. Uh, let me show you. Uh, Matthew 14. Uh-oh. For some reason, I didn't type it in. But go over to Matthew 14. Let me get the verse for you. It's not going to be on the screen because I forgot to type it in. My bad. So go to 14... Well, it would help teach if you actually get into 14 and not be scrolling through 13. Okay, go to 14, verse 22. 14, verse 22. We're going to start at 22. Immediately after this, okay, hold up. Wait a minute. We need to find out. Immediately after this, what's the this? So let's scroll back up. Let's scroll back up. What has been happening? This is where Jesus feeds the 5,000. So after the, the sea was calmed, miracles that, that the disciples got to witness, this is stuff he got to witness. 
So I've already listed the first 11. Then you saw him calm the sea. Then after that, before we get to here, they've watched him cast demons into that herd of pigs. They've healed a woman. They watched him heal a woman in the crowd that had the issue of blood. They had, they've seen him raise Jairus's daughter back to life. They've seen him heal two blind men where he spit on them. That's kind of gross to me, but if it's going to give me my sight, spit on Jesus, spit on. He's healed um, a man who was unable to speak. He's healed an invalid at Bethesda. And now we're at the 5,000. So pick up, like, look at uh, 18. Bring them here. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed to the people. 20. This is what I want you to pick up on 20. They all ate as much as they wanted afterward. The disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. And about 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. 20, they all ate as much as they wanted. They caught the itis. They were sleepy. They had eaten well from those five loaves and two fish. It says it. They ate as much as they wanted. They got their fill. Y'all know how we get after we eat, right? So this is where we are when immediately after this, 22, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back in the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the peoples home. 23, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. You with me, Erica? You with me, Dolly? You still with me, Lashinda? Night fell while he was there alone. Now, here's just the, the side note that I just still picked up. We talked about when Jesus was getting ready to die on the cross that he stole off alone to pray. This is once again seeing Jesus our savior, he's praying. Even he had to go steal away by himself. I like that it was real specific. He went up into the hills by himself to pray. He needed time alone with his father. There are times when you're gonna need time alone. I, you don't need corporate prayer. You gotta get in your closet. Like I've told y'all, I've been doing since we started. You got to get in the closet. Hi, my Katani. Hey, Fry. You got to get in the closet and have your time alone with him. And especially when he's been doing, he's been expending all of this energy. When I finished bingo, I had to shut it down. I had expended a whole bunch of energy for that month of July, June. I had to get back in my closet to reset, to spend time to pray. Make sure you take the cue from Jesus. If Jesus had to do that, what makes you think you don't? Verse 24. Well, okay, so go back. It says, I've sent him home. He went up to the hills by himself to pray. Night fell. So he sent them on their way in the daytime. 
So they off on the boat. The fishermen, catch that. It's the fishermen. They train the fish. They can, uh, some of them can swim, right? After sending them home, he went up to his heels. Oh, no, 24. Meanwhile, so Jesus is alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. Far away from land. It's specific of telling us he was far away from land. For a strong wind had risen. There are them winds and them waves again. And they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning. Like, I mean, close your eyes and just get this vision. Waves, wind, storm, tossing. You nervous, you can't sleep. You don't know where your kid is. You don't know how you're going to pay the next bill that's coming in because you already are under the negative of the negative in your bank account. And you you caught up in this storm at 3 a.m. in the morning. And you look up and there come Jesus And I like the way it just says walking on water. Like he was just out for a stroll. Like, wait a minute. He he walking on water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, like just let that sink in. Like we know the story and in our churches, we have said it, you know, several times. So we take it for granted. But I need you to really try to reset yourself and put your mind in the place of Peter or in the place of John or in the place of Andrew. And just think about this. What kind of David Copperfield plexiglass model standing on top of the water with the plexiglass under the water? What kind of madness is this that he... Is that somebody really walking on the water? And you sitting there going, I know. Let me let, let me take my glasses off. Let me rub my eyes. I'm tripping. There really something. And it kind of looked like, like Jesus. They were terrified. Wouldn't you be too? Up until this point, ain't nobody did this. And as far as I know, ain't nobody done it yet again. So in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. That would have been me. For sure. Oh, I forgot to remind you. If you haven't hit that share button, hit it now. <laughs> if you got people that need to rise up and wake in their inner Peter, I keep forgetting that because Andrea usually does all of that for me in the chat. Um, but can you, I remember... My biological father is deceased. He was killed when I was eight. My biological father was 6'4". And I was home from Howard one night, one day, and uh, I have a a younger brother who's like two years younger than I, but I uh, I didn't find out about him until my father was killed. And so... You know, we didn't really have a a relationship. It was just, you know, that family dynamic that, you know, we just didn't have. And my dad had just found out about him um, right as he was killed. And so he didn't, I didn't even, my father didn't even get to tell me about my brother. 
Um, and so we tried to, you know, communicate because, you know, we're kids. I, my, my father was killed when I was eight. So we were kids when all this happened. And so we're depending on our parents and, you know, just life, you know, we, we got that. That's just life. And so, um, but I would try to reach out to him every once in a while. And so when I came home from college, I was sitting at home and I was sitting on my mom's couch and I see this figure walking down the driveway and my stomach just plummeted. And I had my, it's a ghost moment because I hadn't seen my brother in years. And he is the spinning image of my father to the point even now at 47 years old, it's hard for me to face him because he looks just like my father. Like there've been times where I've had to avoid him because I just couldn't handle it. So I understand firsthand when you can't believe what you're seeing and I'm you thinking it is a ghost. 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. I like that, that at once part. He didn't let them stay in their fear for a long time. He didn't let them be bothered by their fear for a long time. He, he actually, he spoke their, their voice. Can you imagine all the winds and the waves are going? And so he knew they were terrified. He had to, he, Jesus, he know everything. So he says to them, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. And this is the other part that set me off emotionally. I am here. Just those three words, y'all, should bring so much comfort in the midst of everything that we're facing. Jesus says to us, I am here. Hey, my Sean, I am here. Like he used those three words like breathe. Take a breath. I am here. No different than when we were at the first storm. Jesus was on the boat. I am here. Then what happens in 28? Our boy shows up. Peter. <laughs> we know it's going to be Peter. We know it's going to be Peter. Then Peter called to him. Peter, mm, Peter hears Jesus, his voice, his boy. I don't know why. Every time I start talking about Peter and Jesus, I can't help but cry. I don't even know what that is. But it's like Peter hears his Savior's voice. And if he's like me, there's a new level of calmness and peace and and. Fear dissipates when, when we realize my savior is here. I'm scared, but my savior is here. I hear his voice. He's within distance of me. Because remember it said that they had drifted off far from land. They knew they left Jesus. Get this, yo. They knew they left Jesus on the land. They knew where they left him. 
them. So they thought they were too far for Jesus to get to them. Can you imagine the emotions that rise up when you think you have gotten so far out of God's grace, when you think you've gotten yourself into such a situation that you're too far for Jesus to get to you. And then you have thoughts of, but wait, wasn't it Jesus' idea that we go? If we hadn't listened to him, none of this, I, I, I saw none of this earlier. This is why, Audrey, it's important for you to take a synopsis note because I, I didn't see this. You've been in situations that you know Jesus, God told you to move. You get into that, so you call yourself being obedient and then you find yourself smack dab in a storm. God, you told me to leave my life in LA. I loved LA. I love my family in LA. I loved everything about LA. And now you're gonna tell me you want me to pick up the familiarity that I love and move to a whole new city and then you're gonna stop the world on me? Have you not had that moment in your life that you have to realize, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I'm too far from land. And then all of a sudden, in the most unexpected ways, in the most unexpected ways, nobody would have imagined Jesus gonna be walking on the water to come get his kids. And we freaking out. And then all of a sudden we hear his voice. I'm here. All of a sudden, God met me right where I am, lonely in this apartment, not knowing anybody. I'm here, T. I'm here, I know. You feeling a little out of sorts and, and the storm of this is throwing you and you're wondering, why did I have to pick you up from where you love? If I knew the storm was coming, you knew this pandemic was coming, God, you're God. So why couldn't you let me wait it out in my familiar environment? Why did you have to let me be in the middle of the storm? But Peter... <laughs> Peter called to him. Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you. And I love how Peter, he's, look at how he's phrasing it. He's still going after Jesus. Because he knows if I get in Jesus' orbit, there's safety. And just being in Jesus's presence. So he's asking, he didn't just ask to get out the boat. He asked, can I come to you? And not just can I come to you, can I be like you? We have to ask God, Show me how I can be like you. And Peter was bold enough to say, can I be like you and walk on the water? He didn't just ask, can I just get out of this boat and get close to you? But can I do it in such a way that is like you?
29, two words. Simply, Jesus says, yes, come. That's all Peter needed to know. One version of this said Peter jumped out the boat and I fell out laughing because I was like, Peter is always jumping out the boat. Why Peter keep jumping out the boat? The boat, this is what God showed me. The boat could represent what Peter thought he was. Come on, catch this, catch this Marsha, catch this Erica, catch this Lysandra. But it was something down on the inside of Peter that he knew he couldn't keep staying in the boat of who he was. Remember, we covered Pete, his name was Simon. Peter called, I mean, Jesus called him Peter the rock. He was speaking, he was changing his name from what it was to where Peter was headed. So now after that, maybe there's something on the inside. Maybe there's something on the inside that you keep jumping out of the boat after Jesus because it's already, you know, you're not the same. And so Peter can't say, think about it. Later on, Peter going to jump in the boat and swim, jump out of the boat and swim 100 yards. Remember that? We've covered that earlier. Here again, this is a, this is earlier, but we want to see, we once again see Peter want to get out of the boat. Now we've talked about Peter is an influencer. So Peter went over the side of the boat. <laughs> now, Here's what else came up for me. Here's what else came up for me. I'm looking at, in my mind's eye, what the disciples were thinking. Were they annoyed and was like, no, Peter, you know, just let Jesus come to us. Because you notice nobody else jumped out of the boat. Jesus didn't say that Peter was the only one that came, that could come. Peter was the only one that was bold enough to ask. And I want you to pick up that Peter asked first before he took the leap. He asked first before he took the leap. He got God's permission before he took the leap. Why didn't the other decide? This is the one time we see that Peter's influence didn't kick in. Remember, we, we saw that James and John followed him. James and John followed him. When Jesus was just talking to Peter and it's like, OK, you know, bounce, we got to go. They he wasn't even talking to them, but they bounced with him. We've seen the influence of Peter. And yet none of them got out of the boat. Yesterday, we talked about who you running with and it was Peter and John running. But on today, sometimes situations of you stepping boldly out of your faith, Jamila. Is going to come from you being willing to try it alone. Peter was asking Jesus to do the impossible. In this season, in the middle of a pandemic, which is our storm, don't you stop dreaming of the impossible. Don't you stop being bold enough to ask Jesus for what you want.
This storm is, we're in the pandemic is representative of the storm. And yet Peter was still bold enough to ask. Don't squash your dreams. I did a million dollars in cash and prizes in the middle of a pandemic for a group of people that wasn't, don't even know me. Because I was bold enough to ask. I was bold enough to ask God for a hundred thousand. He was like, I'm going to show you better. I'm going to do over a million. And I was willing to jump out the boat. And it's like, you know what? I, this ain't never been done before, but I'm going to try it. You got to be bold enough to go alone sometimes. And then let everybody else watch you do the miracle. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. He didn't just get out the boat and start walking his own direction. He started, he got out of the boat and walked to the person that he knew there was safety. Bert says, water walkers rise up. That's what I'm talking about, Bert. Now, verse 30. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Now, I found that curious because Peter was a fisherman. Was it the intensity of the storm that made him forget that he knows how to swim? Is, the, is it the intensity of the new challenge, the intensity, Lysandra, that's making you get scared and you start sinking because you forget that God had equipped you for this? God had been preparing you for this moment, Bert? And so now you're going to sink. And for him to see the strong wind and the waves, catch it. He says he saw the strong wind and the waves. He was terrified. That means he had taken his eyes on where he was supposed to be headed. He had taken his eyes off of where he was supposed to be headed. The only way he could be paying attention to the wind and the waves is because he lost focus on where he was headed. Had he stayed his eyes on Jesus, his place of safety, who had given him permission to get out the boat and walk like him, Jesus didn't say, you know what, Peter, this is level eight miracle. You ain't ready for that. I need to teach you some more. Jesus didn't do that. He said, come. Because he knew what Peter was capable of. God knows what you're capable of, Jamila. Nejas, God knows what you're capable of. Terrell, God knows what you're capable of. Dolly, he knows what you're capable of. It's when you start taking your eyes off of the mission of what you told God you wanted that you decided that it ends up that you're going to focus on the storm and not on the mission.
And God told me your mission to create and host and produce this HBCU TV show, that ain't changed. Keep your eyes on that, which is how the HBCU bingo aligns with that. Didn't know it at the time. And here's a, what I like. He began to sink three word, a three word prayer. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Our prayers don't have to be deep. I am not a deep prayer. I'm not. I remember one of the biggest compliments I got for my first book, 40 Days to 40. And um, Sherry Shepherd was like, you have taught me that I don't have to have, oh, Father God, oh, thou, thee, thee. You have told me go straight to God. I don't have time for flowery language. And if, if, if Peter had been so, oh, precious father, in the name of Jesus, will you please condescend down to the level to grab my hand to keep me from sinking? He would have been drowned. He prayed what he needed to pray because he knew his Jesus would answer, Lord, save me. He knew. He didn't have to go deep. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. And I feel like Jesus chuckled here. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? And I think it's curious that we don't get to see what Peter said. If was it Peter being sheepish? He was like, I, I don't know. Was he embarrassed or was he shamed? But here's what also occurred to me. Because, you know, this this band of disciples. I'm, I know they have to be characters. They roll roll to a wedding. They had to be characters. So I can imagine because if we just really know insight into Peter. I can imagine that he got teased when he got back on the boat. It was like, dude, you sank. <laughs> you sank. But if I was Peter, I'd be like, but I did walk. I took three steps. What you do? I had more faith than you. Yeah, I started sinking. But let Jesus give me a second chance at this. I learned my lesson from that first failure. While you were still up in the boat. I was out here trying to do the impossible. Renee Brown wrote um, uh, that book, Daring Greatly, where she she used the quote from, oh gosh, Roosevelt, and is talking about the people who are standing in the arena. You're in the you're in the arena, getting sweaty, trying to do something amazing, and you got people on the outside just chatting. Ain't trying jack. Still doing the same thing that they were doing 10 years ago. And you had started and, and failed at three businesses just trying to actually make it work. Didn't even attempt to get out the boat. So I can imagine if, if Peter is like what I'm seeing, Peter walking around, this the Peter, this the Peter that actually was cutting off people ears, right? So I, I imagine Peter got a clapback game on him. 
Like you, you don't want to play the dozens, your mama jokes with Peter. So I, I would imagine if he's like me, I'm going to look at you like, yeah, I, but I took four steps on the water of doing the impossible. What you do? That would be me. I'm just, I'm just saying that would, that would be how I would probably process this. When they, when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. To me, that's a little different with how they responded. The first, Because this says they worshiped him. They recognized. Because they already, they can't be amazed. They watched him calm the wind and the waves. So this can't be a surprise unless they just forgot. Verse says, Peter responded to the others. What you're not going to do, <laughs> exactly. What you're not going to do is talk about me. Yeah, Melissa. Melissa says that's the day that will need the binoculars. Banish them. Yep. Banish them to the nosebleeds. Was this helpful of looking at this a different way? Was this helpful in getting you to start thinking that this, this season that we're in don't let it stop your dreams. Don't let it disrupt your dreams. Still dream that impossible stuff that's in your heart. And be bold enough to ask Jesus. Was this helpful? I'm going to take a drink before I give you the five ways to maintain your focus. While I'm catching <coughs> my breath. Tomorrow is Saturday. Um, those of you who show up, be, will, be willing to come on camera with me tomorrow. Because I really have a sense that maybe God is not going to have me teach. He's going to maybe have me summarize, maybe ask questions, hear your insights. So those of you who have been playing shy tomorrow. I'm not sure if God is going to have me teach. I really don't. So that would mean there's nothing for me to prepare for. And I can kind of technically have a day off. Uh, so can you do that for me? That tomorrow I want to make, because this is a community. I want to make it a dialogue, not just a monologue. And we're in this together. So several of you go back and look at your notes. This is my request. This is not, this is not and more. I'm talking. This is my request for your participation with me. If you're finding value in what we've done for these seven days, prepare to come on camera tomorrow for our eighth day. Because I have a feeling I'm going to need to hear what you're telling me, just like Dolly was bold enough to ask that question. And God then sent me into the closet the next day and tailored a whole message that was answered to Dolly's uh, question. So I need this to be a dialogue. OK, if you're going to be here tomorrow, I need this to be a dialogue so it can hold up to 10 people at one time. OK, um, so with that said. Who wants to know what the five ways are to maintain your focus? Who wants to know that? 
who wants to, who's ready to get out the boat now? The boat can't contain you anymore. Especially with Jesus on the premise. The boat is not as nearly as safe as being in the water with Jesus. All right. So I got my yeses. They ready. Y'all ready. All right. So five ways. And, and what's what just amazing. And I, I hope y'all believe me when I say that the fascination for me in this season is really watching God show up. I love you, Instagram. Thank you for rocking with a sister. I can't pronounce everybody's handle. So just know I see you and I'm loving on you, please. Um, but what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh, so the thing that is amazing to me is even in the midst of when I'm actually in position teaching, God is still downloading. And so I wrote this Instagram earlier just because he gave it to me. He didn't connect the dots of the, the acronym until I was actually actively teaching. Catch the lesson in that. I couldn't necessarily understand the instruction and how it relates, but it didn't stop me from moving forward. And he ended up giving me what I needed in the midst of me delivering the message. Catch that for yourselves. And it's, it's just fascinating. I told my friend today, like, I have never felt as close as to, to God as I feel now because the way he's showing me things and helping me connect dots that I would have never connected. I know my limitations and he has far surpassed it. So I'm just as excited to see what God does as you guys are and having the revelations that you're having. You're just having revelations to what I'm telling you. He told me to tell you and I'm having revelations going, you told me to tell him that and I didn't even connect the dots. So I'm having a blast. I don't know what y'all doing, but I'm having a blast. All right. Five ways. The five ways to maintain your focus. I love it now. It's, the acronym makes so much more sense now that we've walked the scripture down. Okay, F, fix your spiritual glasses. IG, you got that? Fix your spiritual glasses. You have got to actually come out of the natural and experience the supernatural so you can defy gravity and walk on water. If Peter didn't have his spiritual glasses on, he wouldn't have even thought to ask that question of asking some, something that defied nature that he'd never seen done. But through his spiritual glasses, he was able to see what was possible for him. So in order to maintain your focus, you can't have your glasses like this. One eye is good and the other one is blurry. So I can't have my eye on the storm in the blur. And then this eye is actually on Jesus. If y'all, if you wear glasses, do this to your glasses and you'll see what I'm saying. I didn't even think to do this until now, but it's making it real clear to me. 
this is gonna be problematic. I gotta make sure I fix my spiritual glass. Woo! Fix my spiritual glasses. Oh, obtain God's permission. I didn't know why God told me to write this earlier until I got into this and I see Peter ask. Peter asked Jesus, could he come to him? So he got God's permission. Because when you get God's permission, you're going to get God's power. But without God's permission, you're not going to have God's provision or power to do the supernatural. So be clear on that. Get God's permission. Erica said, my glasses are already like that without doing it. She needs new glasses. <laughs> okay, what is the C? C, cheer your own self on. Peter didn't wait to get, see, I didn't even see this. Oh, but this is why it's exciting to me, y'all. Because I'm telling you, I didn't really see how God was going to connect it. He just gave me what the letters are. Peter didn't look back and go, John, you want to go? Andrew, you want to go? Matthew, you want to go try to walk on water with me? No. Peter had to cheer his own self on. When my niece T2 was three, and Instagram, if I lose you, go over to YouTube, okay? Go over to YouTube, and you can find it easily at TJ Mercer, because it may disconnect, okay? So go get the rest at TJ Mercer on YouTube. Um, so when T2 was three, we were at a family reunion and there was a children's race. And this is my niece. This is T2 means TJ number two. So I'm making sure she's branded and she knows whose fingerprint is on her. So we're at the family reunion. The children are getting ready to race. This is my niece in the race. So I'm going to be right there on the sidelines. And they running. T2, and I see her mouth moving and she's running. Mm, come on, Peter, on water. And she's running with her heart and I can see it. And I'm going, go T2, go T2. And she running. And then I notice her mouth moving. So I get closer because I want to hear what my baby is saying. And she's going, her real name is Peyton. And she's going, go Pepe, go Pepe, go Pepe, go Pepe, go Pepe. And I, it just made me so emotional because at three, she already knew she had to cheer her own self on. Instagram, meet me on YouTube. It's get ready to go. She knew she had to cheer her own self on. When nobody, she was out there in the race by herself. It wasn't a partner race. Peter had to cheer his own self on. And she was like, go Pepe, go Pepe, go Pepe. She was talking to herself at three. And I knew then. I'm going to make sure as her TT, I'm going to make sure I nurture the heck out of that. Because at three, if she's realizing she got to cheer her own self on sometimes, I'm going to make sure she knows she's going to carry that for the rest of her life. So you're going to have to jump out and cheer your own self on when you're doing something new and impossible. 
Nobody understands it. One of my dear, dear friends is brilliant. He's a TV producer, sells TV shows, responsible for some of the TV shows y'all love. Um, and he he's like, for me, he's like a Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs, the way he's thinking and the, the impossibilities of his vision. And I don't understand Jack. I try to encourage him as much as I can, but I don't understand a lot of it. So he's got to dig deep and I know he's watching and I'm talking to him. He's got to dig deep and cheer his own self on. Because you're building something that ain't been done. And you can't stay in the boat and try to explain it to the rest of us because you're going to miss your opportunity to walk on the water. So jump out the boat, go TJ, go TJ, go TJ, go TJ, go, go TJ, go TJ, go, go Bert, go Bert, go, go Lashenda, go Lashenda, go, go Melissa, go Melissa, go, go Erica, go Erica, go, go Miss T, go Miss T, go, whatever it is, you got to cheer your own self on. You. Utilize your best weapons, which is prayer and the word of God. You saw Peter. What was the first thing Peter did? Three things, three, three words. Lord, save me. He used his weapon. And what happened? It says Jesus moved immediately to those three words. Lord, save me. And the word, you got enough scripture that you can find that's going to be appropriate for your specific, specific situation. All things work for the good. Um, God will do exceedingly and above all. Um, you ask not because you, you receive not because you ask. Whatever it is, go to your word. Go to your word and pray over the promise. Jesus Basically promised Peter when he said, yeah, he promised him, you can walk on water. And Jesus hadn't lied to him. You got example after example of what the word has shown that other people accomplished based on Jesus giving them permission. And then finally, the S, secure your target and lock it in. Remember, Peter started sinking when he started looking at the wind and the waves. He took his eye off of his target. And you know how you're watching an action movie and it shows you like through a scope and it's the wide, you know, angle and you see the lines in the circle and then the camera goes Zhush! and you go straight into the target. Like all of a sudden, you know, through you just standing there and you see the whole, you know, city of Baghdad or something. If I'm talking about a movie, Baghdad. And then you look through the sniper scope and it's like Shoo! and you see like it's a, a person sitting down and get ready to have a bowl of rice and you see the red dot on his head. That's how you have to lock in your target. You got to secure it in your heart, in your mind, that no matter what happens, God is still saying yes to you walking on the water.
That's what I'm saying. No matter what's happening in this pandemic, God's word to me hasn't changed. I'm sending you to go produce and host the TV show for HBCUs. That ain't changed. I'm locked in on that. What you locked in on, Marsha? Lynn, what you locked in on? Erica, what you locked in on? Miss Marilyn, what you locked in on? That you can't walk around with your glasses like this because that's going to obstruct your vision. And you can't be looking left and right and take your eyes off of Jesus because that's going to screw it up. That's my heart. That's my heart for tonight. Let me scan my notes to make sure I hit you with everything I was supposed to tell you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I hit on everything I'm supposed to hit. Um, all right. Does anybody, <laughs> Yvette says, thank you. Cleaning my glasses and fixing them straight. Erica says, I'm going to go get new glasses. <laughs> Versus, I I may have 2020 vision, but it's clear that I need to adjust my vision. Lynn says, "Stay locked in. I'm locked in on God telling me that He needs me fearless for this next piece. I am working, being fearless. And even when the fear creeps in, Lynn, don't forget though where there's safety. The safety is in right in Jesus's orbit. It's right there." Miss Smith said, "This is on point." with what I've been praying concerning my relationship with God. Miss Smith, thank you for joining us. Um, so from the feedback, I think this was helpful. Um, if anybody wants to come on camera, well, you know what? We're not gonna do that. We're gonna, you've all, some of you have already agreed, right, Delmar? Right, Delmar, some of you have, um, already agreed that you're going to come in tomorrow and this is going to be a discussion. I don't, unless God tells me otherwise, I don't have a sense that I'm supposed to teach anything new. And then I keep saying the more I talk about it, it need, this needs to marinate y'all need to. And then plus I want to give some of the people who are just joined us have time to go back and listen to the prior days so that this all makes sense. So you can catch up to where we are. So let's have a discussion tomorrow. That doesn't mean that you don't supposed to be here. Okay. That doesn't mean that you don't show up because we don't know what God going to do and what nuggets he's going to drop out. And as far as I know, he still may um, tell me, nope, I got something to tell them today. Uh, and I got excited today because I got a glimpse. 
and confirmation that I'm on the right track with the whole B Peter and John thing. It's like this beautiful story unfolding that I wasn't aware of. And I'm like, God, I didn't know any of that. And yet you're, you have planted the seeds for us to get there. So I have a, I have a good feeling that we are going to be with Peter this whole month of August. He's going to really let us see who we are patterning ourselves after. All right. So if I have nothing, uh, if I have nothing to answer, Jamila says I'm obtaining God's permission on my big dreams. Love that. Um, Tawana, please definitely catch up because you, you're going to miss some nuggets if you don't. So definitely catch up. But regardless of where you are, I want you here um, because I think, you know, it would be good for me to have the feedback of hearing your heart. And those of you who have been um, sending me beautiful messages that sometimes I don't, don't get to respond to because I'm too busy preparing for y'all. Um, I I'm grateful that especially those of you who take time to really share your heart, I read them. I really do. Now, sending me videos is a whole different ballgame. Um, somebody remind me to talk to you about that tomorrow, about me and video. Somebody remind me to say, bring that point up um, and I'll tell you. But um, uh, I read them for sure. I read them for sure. Uh, OK, so let's pray it out. Lord, we thank you. It's been another magical night. It's been so freaking incredible, God, that I just, I'm in awe of you and the things that you are allowing me to do in this season and how you kind of sort of stop time because this is totally my focus and I'm behind in other things and I'm trusting God that you're just going to give me grace in other people's lives that I'm not attending to right now because I got my tea lights. I thank you for the honor of loving on them like this. You were one dope God, man. Your word, man, your word just is full of just yumminess in different ways we can interpret it for ourselves, just how you layered it. So I'm thanking you for all the revelations that you're giving through me to my tea lights and that they're having their own revelations and they're having their own insights that are game changing. And Lord, the fact that the fact that you have people here that you've given me something to say to them who've known me my entire life. Knew both my parents and have nurtured me to this point that you still think that I have something worthy to say to them. My elders are here taking in and listening I don't take that for granted, God. And if you've given me something to say that's a game changer for them, I thank you. God, you have had people here that have known me my whole life and they've watched the evolution 
And so the beautiful thing is they know ain't that I, I ain't special. They know where I've come from. So that it's possible for them, no matter what the age, you still telling them, like you told Peter, yes, come. Equip them to be bold enough to get out the boat. I don't care how old they are. Equip them to get out the boat because something you planted in them before they were born is causing them to be upset and can't be content anymore about staying in the boat. And so you sent me to go get them to tell them it is not too late. I don't care how old you are. That dream I put in you is still doable. And I sent my goddaughter to get you. So don't be afraid to try it. You can still walk on water. God knows everything about you. And he knows that dream that you crushed that don't nobody even know. And I'm calling it out right now. That you think because you retired and you're not technologically savvy and you're behind. God is still saying, I need you to get out the boat. I'm going to show you how to walk on water. There's still more I have for you to do. So Lord, I pray for everybody that you've given to me for this season. Everybody that has raised their hands and said, I am an unabashed tea light. God, I'm covering them and always interceding for them on their behalves and for you to keep revealing and opening their eyes and letting the words that are coming out of my mouth land on such a way that is so unique to them that there's no way TJ could have known this, but for God, you sent her. And this is going to be the last confirmation that you're going to get before you decide to move and put your Peter clothes on and jump out the boat. So I thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you. We worship you and we're going to always be careful to praise you and thank you. And five years from now, the people who are showing up on a regular basis are going to look back at this season and say, this is when the game changed. This is when the Peter and me woke up and I jumped out the boat because I was crazy enough to believe I could walk on water. And so I thank you, I praise you in Jesus name, amen.
Whew. All right. I'm empty. I don't have nothing else to give y'all. <laughs> Uh, all right. So let me check the chat to make sure there's nothing else. Um, there's nothing else that I need to know. Elsie says, thank you, Lord, for attaching me to this vision and visionary. Elsie is one of those people who have known me my whole life. <sighs> all right. So as y'all are saying amen to the prayer, I'm going to um, tap us out. In 10, 9. Yeah. Oh, Krishna, thank you for keep posting that. So tomorrow, tomorrow, um, with the system that we're using, uh, my producer friend, I just saw you pop up in the chat. So that system is working because I know you're watching over on YouTube. I love you. I need you to know that. I love you. You always want to stay um, hidden from <laughs> my world but know that I love you and I value you so much. Um, on this system, if you are joining live on camera, it's, it's like a two-step process. You got to enter the backstage studio and then you got to make sure you hit the, the button again to bring you into the waiting room, okay? Because if I don't acknowledge you, it means I don't see you because the minute you're officially in the waiting room, you're going to pop up on my screen. And so Dr. Krishna the other night, kept trying to come in, not realizing she didn't hit the final button to get into the waiting room. And once I see you in the waiting room, I'll acknowledge you so that you know that you're in the waiting room and I can see you. All right. Um, Bert says, continue prayers and a hedge of protection for TJ and everyone connected to this. Thank you, my Bert. Um, I don't know what number was that. Six, five, you are most welcome, Miss Dolly. Miss Dolly says, thank you, uh, TJ. Four, three, I love y'all. Yeah, yeah. I, I think about y'all all day. <laughs> like I, I think I'd be glad when I don't have to think about y'all all day, but I do think about y'all all day. Two, <laughs> one. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow for day eight. All right, see you then. Bye. Well, that's it. Hopefully you enjoy what my TT shared with you. And like she always says, let's go out and make God smile. And don't forget to hug somebody. It's T2 Mercer signing off now. See y'all later.